the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Annapolis, fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Residents in wildfire ravaged Northern California are cheering the news that President Trump has arrived to take a tour of the damage. It seems that many more people are missing than anyone thought even possible. And uh, I want to be with the firefighters and the FEMA and first responders. Wildfire evacuee Jeanette Eterno says she's happy the president paid a visit. I think he's a big encouragement to everybody and, and he's going to help us. I believe that. Meanwhile, Northern California officials have struggled to get a handle on the number of missing from the deadliest U.S. wildfire in 100 years. Authorities are logging hundreds of reports, they say, by people who simply cannot find their loved ones in the aftermath of a blaze that is known to have killed at least 71 people. Vice President Pence and China's leader Xi Jinping trading barbs today in speeches to a summit of world leaders today in Papua New Guinea. This is SRN News. Mark Levin has had enough from this media. The media have changed course. So now all of a sudden, if you want to secure the border to prevent people from coming into this country from other countries illegally, now you're a racist. Now you're a white supremacist. We don't have to buy this crap from these lunatics. And then when you push back and the president pushes back, suddenly you're against freedom of the press? Is this a joke? Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. It's 1 p.m. and you're listening to The Patriots. The highs today are 24. The lows tonight are going to be at 13. And some of your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot shows are now available in podcast form. Listen on demand at am1280thepatriot.com. Just click the podcast tab. There you'll have access to our archive of interviews, conversations on the big happenings of the week and other hot topics. That's AM 1280 The Patriot. Click podcasts. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea, the expanding pool, at least, of moldy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. Good afternoon. It's another glorious Saturday uh, in the Twin Cities, a bastion of blue. I am the real resistance, (laughs) the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, resisting back before uh, the the other side, uh, who have always had all the power in this area, appropriated the label. We've been through that before. Oh, yeah, me. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.com. 
Info. Five days a week, uh, one of Minnesota's foremost sources for conservative politics, history, pop culture, entertainment, music, you name it. I cover it because I just don't focus very well. Shot in the dark. Info. I'm also found on True North. Look, truenorth.com. Uh, 11 years now dominating Twin Cities, uh, center right, uh, thought and, and, and philosophy and everything. We, we've, I was one of the, the charter members of that group and, uh, it's still out there. Check it out. Look, truenorth.com. It's the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. Uh, don't forget Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow from 1 to 3. I've got a big show coming up today. We've got uh, Joseph Schultz, a uh, longtime friend of the broadcast, former uh, St. Paul political operative, moved out to D.C., uh, currently working as a, well, operative out there. We're going to talk a little bit about polling, about numbers, about the the way that the, the data is shaping up for elections uh, currently and in the future in Minnesota and nationwide. It's it's an it's it's an interesting field out there, folks. We're also going to be talking in the second hour with Abdi Mohammed, who's a Somali American, uh, conservative Republican, uh, Muslim. We're we're going to be talking about politics, the politics of uh, immigration, the politics of of uh, ethnicity. We're going to be talking about about what I talked about last week: the imperative to make. Uh, the Republican Party, the conservative movement, hospitable places for those who come here to partake in the American dream. Uh, much more on that in the second hour. Anyway, uh, the new Speaker of the House in Minnesota, a woman named Melissa Hortman, a woman who is such a profile in courage that she once blocked me for a number of years on Twitter. Bear in mind, I'm not, I, I'm not a particularly, uh, astringent personality on Twitter, fairly middle of the road. I mean, I'm conservative, but I don't go attacking people for the fun of it. In fact, I'm rather proud of the fact that I've got a number of uh, good friends who are liberals who say, yeah, I'm not one of the jerks out there. Not that it isn't tempting sometimes, but Melissa Hortman, again, like a lot of liberals being not a profile in courage, had me blocked for some long time. I think she unblocked it a while ago, so kudos to her for that. Anyway, it's not what she blocked, but what she said this past week that should catch notice. Now, Minnesota's got a lot of problems, all right? We have a fragile rural economy. We've talked about this for a number of weeks in this broadcast for all of the left's barbering about Scott Walker Wisconsin has lower unemployment than Minnesota does, and a big part of that problem is in greater Minnesota, where the mining industry has been on life support for decades and likely will be going back on it with Tim Waltz and a Metrocrat DFL majority led by Melissa Hortman in the House. Uh, we have crumbling infrastructure all over the place. We have a the, the worst... Uh, Achievement gap between black and white students anywhere in the nation, Minneapolis and St. Paul, are among the worst. Worse than Philadelphia, worse than New Orleans, worse than Detroit. The rural-urban educational divide and opportunity divide is even worse. Uh, Maybe not even worse, but equally bad. Uh, The divide between urban and rural education is bad. And, by the way, in three zip codes in North Minneapolis and Dayton's Bluff in St. Paul... Crime is a problem. But, by the way, violent crime in Minnesota is not one of our problems as a whole. Outside those three zip codes, the north side of Minneapolis and Dayton's Bluff in St. Paul, 
Minnesota's violent crime rate is among the lowest in the country. It's competitive with the Dakotas and Wyoming and, and, and rural Montana statewide. And I say this, as I've pointed out on the broadcast in the past, uh, while allowing that Minnesota has a higher percentage of people per capita with carry permits than Texas does. So we are a highly armed state with a very low crime rate. Very low. How low? Less than half the national average. And, and in fact, not only we are, are we in Minnesota very much in line with the western red half of the United States in terms of very low crime, but I believe, and I have to check this up, but I believe we have the lowest crime rate of any state that includes one of the top 20 metropolitan areas in the country. And that's something to be proud of. We are a state that combines a significant urban area with relatively low crime. So with all the problems Minnesota has, economic, social, infrastructural, taxation-wise, losing population relative to the rest of the country, meaning that we're probably going to lose a congressional seat, go from eight down to seven uh, in the next reapportionment. Nonetheless, violent crime is not one of them, not in the sense, I mean, it is a problem, but not in the sense that you have in, say, states like Louisiana, New Jersey, Michigan, Ohio, places with serious, large-scale urban pathologies that manifest in terms of third-world-level death rates. We don't have that here in Minnesota. But there's no telling that to Melissa Hortman, DFL from Brooklyn Park, because in her first press conference, after taking control of the Minnesota House, well, at least being elected as the future Speaker of the House once the new legislature is sworn in in, I believe, January. She said, gun violence prevention is priority number one. Now, why is this her first priority? The Iron Range is unemployed. We have a generation going on two generations of miners who are working as gas station attendants because the mining industry has been on life support, notwithstanding the fact that they could be on the brink of thousands, maybe tens of thousands of jobs and billions of dollars worth of revenue coming into that part of the state. But, of course, for Melissa Hortman's uh, party's economic uh, and environmental obstructionism. No, gun violence prevention. And, and you'd think... An honest politician would look at the actual record, our actual homicide rate in the state, our actual gun violence rate, especially outside of the Twin Cities, which is well over half of the violent crime in the entire state, by the way, well over half the violent crime in the entire state takes place in those aforementioned three zip codes. So you could look at that and say, well, we must be doing something right, right? Well, that makes you just as naive as they are. Because it's not about crime. It's not about preventing violence. It's not about, uh, it's, it's not about the situation on the streets in either of the Twin Cities. No. Melissa Hortman is not trying to solve crime. She's not trying to make the streets safer. Heck, she couldn't find them if she tried. She... And the Metro DFLers that now will be controlling the House of Representatives in the state of Minnesota for the next two years 
aren't addressing crime. They're answering to the master that put them in office. Now, that's Michael Bloomberg and the rest of the the, the Democrat plutocrats with deep pockets who financed the Democrats' overthrow of much of the of much of the suburban Republican Party in Minnesota and and took control of the of the House. That make no mistake about it. The Democrats' turnout machine was impressive, and it was financed by Michael Bloomberg and other liberal plutocrats with deep pockets. And we've, by the way, we've been talking about the group that. Uh, that, that that strategized and led this fundraising, uh, the Alliance for Better Minnesota, Alita Messenger, who herself the scionet of the Rockefeller old money liberal family, and the uh, the rest of the group of uh, liberal plutocrats and large nonprofits and unions that finance Minnesota Democrat elections to the tunes of millions and millions of dollars a year. Which is why I spent so much time during the election urging you to tell your neighbors every time they see an ad with the likes of Angie Craig or or uh, the the fellow who beat Eric Paulson in the third, whose name eludes me at the moment here, probably just out of sheer disgust, when they start talking about the the influence of evil big money in politics, uh, point out that they, in fact, were the ones who floated into office on a raft of, of money uh, from from plutocrats, largely from out of state. Michael Bloomberg, as we noted two weeks before the election, uh, financed Minnesota Democrats, especially Angie Craig, but Minnesota Democrats at large, to the tune of something like, uh, well, $4 million in the 2nd Congressional District alone. And it came to millions, plural, more across the rest of Minnesota, uh, against which the gun rights groups spent in the tens of thousands, perhaps, the National Rifle Association, to be fair, stepped up and did a lot of spending on behalf of Pete Stauber, and it was money well spent up in the 8th Congressional District, where guns were <laughs> priority number one for an awful lot of voters as well. But Melissa Hortman and the DFL Metrocrat majority, and they are almost entirely Metrocrats, the the percentage of Democrats who come from greater Minnesota, including the Iron Range, outside the Iron Range and the Twin Cities metro area, Democrats are scarcer than Crispin Glover fans in the wild. Okay, They are repaying the investment that Michael Bloomberg and Alita Messenger and the Billionaire Progressives Club made in getting progressives elected earlier this month. And they want a return on that investment. And focusing the conversation on gun violence prevention is going to take up a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort for you and me if you and I are smart. So that's the first thing. Uh, get out there and get involved. Because if you're wondering if you've got to worry as a gun owner, as a Second Amendment supporter now, yeah, you do. Now is the time to get worried, to get nervous, to well, get involved. Get, join the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. Join the NRA. Make your voice matter. Much more on that when we come back. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Join us, won't you please? Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
to live your dream retirement starts with your decisions today. Learn to develop the skills and confidence to own your financial future with a best-in-class education at Online Trading Academy. We are the world leader in creating traders and investors. Let us help you improve your returns and create income you can use now and in retirement. Call today for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and use keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boom box that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Liberty Classical Academy of White Bear Lake is building lives that inspire, valuing relationships, engaging culture, and relying on and teaching the wisdom of Scripture. My name is Kim, and I'm a host parent of a Liberty Classical Academy senior. When Zara came to the U.S. from Afghanistan a little over three years ago, Liberty Classical was unknown to us. We weren't sure what to expect or how she would do in the school, but the transformation we've seen in her is nothing short of extraordinary. She went from a young girl, unsure of her abilities and doubtful of her potential, to a capable student who's learned to live as a confident, compassionate leader. We're so thankful for Liberty Classical Academy, for the influence of loving relationships through staff and students, and for what the school has done to equip Zara to live a life that inspires. To schedule a tour or to find out more information, visit libertyclassicalacademy.org. That's libertyclassicalacademy.org. Liberty Classical Academy. Building lives that inspire. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. The number to call. You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's N A R N Show. Join us, won't you, please? So. One of the things that we've established over the years, in fact, I've codified as a Berg's Law, perhaps the thing that has made me most, got me the most recognition nationwide in the alternate media is uh, the construct we call Berg's Seventh Law, which is to wit, anytime a liberal uh, defames or otherwise attacks a conservative's commitment to fairness, to uh, fair play, to morality, to ethics, they are at best projecting and at worst uh, drawing attention away from their own misdeeds. And 
This is a law that is constantly reinforced everywhere you look, and and not least of which was this past week. Uh, a fellow named Matt Iglesias, who's a, a liberal uh, pundit, uh, started during the golden age of blogging, kind of about the same time I got into blogging. Uh, he, of course, being a liberal, found a way to get paid a lot of money for it, uh, and a lot of very wasted money because, by the way, I've interviewed the guy a couple times during the early days of this broadcast, and I tell you, if there's ever, ever been anything that devalued an Ivy League degree, Matt Iglesias is it. Anyway, he, he did a tweet a couple weeks ago that I think was uh, tells us something about Berg's seventh law. This is right after a mob of left-wing terrorists attacked Tucker Carlson's house, tried to beat his door down, terrorized the bejeebers out of his wife. And about this, Matt Iglesias tweeted, quote, I think the idea behind terrorizing his family, like it or not as a strategy, is to make them feel some of the fear that the victims of MAGA-inspired violence fear thanks to the nonstop racial incitement coming from Tucker, Trump, etc. Now, th- now, this is part of the, the left's uh, messaging right now. Basically, everything you say is ra- if you're conservative, is racist, and everything you don't say, if you're conservative, is, on the other hand, racist. It's uh, it's an illogical construct because it, it forces you to try and prove a negative. How do you prove you're not racist? Yeah, can't. Either can Matt Iglesias, but on the other hand, this is he's the one making the statement. Now, what he did was, under the sort of fourth-grade rubric of, of uh, I know you are, but what am I? He referred to Trump-inspired violence and Trump-inspired intolerance, which I'm not going to say there has never been any violence carried out by a Trump supporter. Uh, and I'm not going to say that Donald Trump hasn't said things that incite things, incite some of our less stable uh, fellow citizens on a, on, a, on a racial level, on an ethnic level, on a religious level. It happens. I mean, we see it around us. Now, the people who Trump has inspired to violence have tended to be people like the MAGA bomber, who is a crazy man who lives in a van after years of steroid abuse, not one of the leaders of the movement, shall we say, whereas the people on the left who are carrying out the violence are not living in vans. I draw your attention to the snowflakes who attacked the pro-Trump rally on March 4th, 2017, here in the Twin Cities a year and a half ago the son of the Democrats' vice presidential candidate. Six young snowflakes who have benefited from the best that this nation has had to offer in terms of education, in terms of background, in terms of the the pampering our culture has given them. Guy living in a van? Son of the vice presidential nominee. With the full support, by the way, of Matt Iglesias' progressive hamster, who, by the way, deleted his Twitter account because the reaction to his coddling of terrorism was so intense. And I say this because this is something you have to be ready for. And this is something I'll be talking about in a future week on this broadcast. The the, uh, the response that people like you and I, conservatives who are moral, ethical people who believe in equality for all, the, 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 of all genders, all ethnicities, all religions, all of them, uh, general, genuine equality as conservatives believe in it, by the way, before God and the law. 
we're going to be talking in coming weeks about the response that we need to have to this sort of community slander. Anyway, I point out Berg's seventh law because uh, it came out in a big way this past week. Uh, a, a representative from California, actually an Iowa native who has made his way out to California and in 2013 replaced longtime Democrat Congressman Pete Stark, one of the last of the relative moderates in California Democrat politics. Uh, story that came out uh, yesterday, uh, perhaps one of the uh, great... <laughs> foot in mouths of the gun control movement and one of the great uh, supports for Berg's Seventh Law, one of the great bits of evidence in uh, support of the idea that Berg's Seventh Law is in fact universal and inviolable. A, uh, a, a, a Congressman Swalwell uh, is, is, has been suggesting to his uh, well-heeled constituents that it's time to ban assault weapons. And his plan is to pay Americans uh, $1,000 per assault weapon uh, for turning them in, basically the world's biggest gun buyback, $15 billion of buyback, and then go after the owners who don't cooperate uh, with uh, with with uh, with the full weight of federal law enforcement. Prosecute them all as felons. Go after them all. Uh a fellow named Joe Biggs, who's a, a Second Amendment advocate, uh, tweeted to Representative Swalwell saying, so basically, Joe Sw Representative Swalwell wants a war because that's what you would get. You're out of your <clears throat> mind if you think I'll give up my rights and give the government all the power, which, by the way, is the reaction you're going to get from an awful lot of uh, Second Amendment, principled Second Amendment advocates. And Representative Swalwell responded, and it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes. Too many of them, but they're legit. I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities. No, Representative Swalwell, there will be no common ground with you. Anyone who, who even as a joke, calls in the full weight of the U.S. military, uh, up to and including nuclear weapons on the American population, is, is not someone who deserves to be talked with as an equal, as a moral equal. Uh, there's something beyond that that needs to be brought up here. But uh, by the way, Representative Swalwell responded to the tsunami of revulsion at his stupidity by saying, don't be so dramatic. No one's nuking anyone or threatening that. I'm telling you, this is not the 18th century. This argument that you put, you go to war with your government if an assault weapons ban was in place is ludicrous and inflames the gun debate, which is what you want. Yeah. At this point against you, Re Representative Swalwell, I most certainly do. Uh, we will, but, but this is the other part of Representative Swalwell's argument. I mean, it's, it's Berg's seventh law writ large right there. Uh, because if a Republican were to say, yeah, you go along with us or we'll nuke you, we'll turn the guns loose, they would be hounded out of public life. Representative Swalwell, on the other hand, uh, his response to making one of the dumbest statements in the history of American politics was, oh, I'm sorry you don't get my point of view. Sorry you're all so dramatic and stupid. But in fact, Eric Swalwell's the one who's uh, missing things terribly here. You're right. It's not the 18th century, Representative Swalwell, uh, because you're the one who thinks that if gun owners rebel against basically the front door to tyranny being kicked open, much like the door to Tucker Carlson's house, uh, 
that it would be a battle between a bunch of uh, mouth-breathing rednecks with the AR-15s and the United States military, with or without nukes. Which is a conceit you hear from a lot of people on the left. But the U.S. military is not largely the children of people with families, with mothers and fathers, with his and hers master's degrees in poli-sci from St. Olaf and Carleton, uh, who think that John Oliver is the dreamiest, who drive Subarus, who shop at Whole Foods and think Al Franken was cheated. They're not. The military is the siblings, the parents, the cousins, the brothers and sisters, the nephews, nieces, children of the people who own the guns. And so, again, not to sound like a broken record, but Representative Swalwell, I'm going to suggest that if you want to lead the nation in a civil war against the law-abiding gun owner that the battle's not going to come down to a bunch of mouth breeders and their A15, AR-15s and whatnot against the tanks and the submarines and the aircraft. I'm going to suggest the battle ine- eventually and inevitably boils down to a battle between those mouth breathers and the tanks and the airplanes and the drones and the submarines and every other apparatus of American military power against you, Representative Eric Swalwell, and your protest sign and your little knit cap with the kitty ears on top. That's how the Civil War is going to break out if, heaven forfend, you are stupid enough to lead us into one. Oh, by the way, Representative Swalwell is uh, making noises about being a a candidate for president in two years, to which I have to respond, oh, Lord. If I eat my vegetables and say my prayers every night, could we please make this come to pass? Eric Swalwell, perhaps on a ticket with 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 Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren? I don't know if I could ever be a good enough person to make that happen in a cosmic sense. We have to hope. <laughs> Joseph Schultz, when we come back, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says I was her big surprise. My mom says I'm her best helper. I'm adopted. My dad says I was a gift. That's right, kids. Each of you are a miracle and a blessing from God. Hello, my name is Angie. I work with Pro-Life Across America. The Billboard People. If you know someone who is pregnant and in need of confidential counseling, including alternatives to abortion or post-abortion assistance, please call Pro-Life Across America at 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at Pro-Life Across ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. ProLife Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Please help support our life-saving outreach. A baby child is being 18 days from conception. ProLife Across America, the Billboard People. 
every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. I am proud to defend our nation. Proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference. I am proud to be part of something larger than me. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving in the Air Force Reserve. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. I'm proud to be a member. I'm proud to protect. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Want to maintain your mental sharpness as you age? Learn to dance. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, dancing is better for your brain than other recreational activities. Now you can learn to dance as a couple with this exclusive half-price offer from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. Get 20 lessons for just $8.50. That's half price. American Classic Ballroom has developed the most effective method to teach you any dance style. 20 dance lessons for just $8.50 from the Patriot and American Classic Ballroom. 651-405-8800. Do you hear that? That's the sound of conservatives winning the war on issues like gun rights, religious liberty, immigration law, and the sanctity of life. We use our phones every single day. So why not use them to make change? Patriot Mobile does just that. They exist to donate a portion of your monthly bill to 17 conservative organizations fighting for your beliefs. And for the entire month of November, you can buy one line and get another line free for 12 months. Look, I just got a second phone from my studio, a journalist-only phone from Patriot Mobile. It makes everything easier, and I know when I pay the bill, a portion of that money is going to the Heritage Foundation and 16 other great conservative causes. I believe in Patriot Mobile. Switching to Patriot Mobile is easy. You can keep your number, get the same super reliable nationwide service, and feel good about funding the right agendas with every call you make. With unlimited plans starting as low as $20 per month, why wait? Visit them online at patriotmobile.com forward slash you or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-272-8746. Patriot Mobile. Come join the family. AM 1280, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. The number to call. See you later. Join me. Hey, don't forget, if you're looking for something that's got all the perks of a rewards card with none of the hassle, check out the AM12A The Patriot Fan Club. Go to am12athepatriot.com, click on Fan Club for pre-sale access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and much more. Our November book of the month is Why We Fight Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies by Sebastian Gorka. By the way, some of you will be hearing a lot more about coming months here, Sebastian Gorka. He's uh, more of that when we, uh, when we come up here. 651-289-4488, the number to call. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog is shotinthedark.info. Here through thick and thin, electorally, politically, personally, doesn't matter. 14 years strong, dominating Twin Cities Weekend Talk Radio. And yes, I'm walking up to the post. Yes. Had to do it. 651-289-4488. All right. My pleasure to welcome to the broadcast for the first, I think the first time. I don't think we've had him on before. Uh, former uh, St. Paul political operative, now moved off to the big leagues in D.C., Joseph Schultz. Welcome to the broadcast, Joe. How are you doing today? 
Excellent. Thank you, Mitch, for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Now, we were talking on election night. Uh, as uh, We were messaging back and forth while we were broadcasting the ongoing bloodshed in, in Minnesota uh, about the polling, the polling that uh, that we had been seeing for, for weeks and months in Minnesota and the contradictory messages that they were giving people who, well, take polls in the wrong context. Let's Come back to that in just a moment here, but uh, give the listener just a little bit of background on you. Who are you? What are you doing? Why is you? Uh, why? Why do you care so much about polling? <laughs> well, that's a long question. So, I mean, my basic background with me: I was a flip flopper all the way back with the Ron Paul wave, and I got very involved. I was local party chair. Uh, I did my best to really help candidates both in, within my area and outside across the greater St. Paul congressional district, uh, CD four. And, you know, after doing, managing a house campaign for a while, doing some micro-targeting for state campaigns, I actually, at the Refias medical device, ended up doing political analytics out in D.C., and I am now a political analytics um, advisor for Scripps Media. So is a $1.5 billion-ish market cap media conglomerate. Okay, so you're you're doing all right then. Of course, you're you're in the business full time, which, uh, by the way, it's uh, seem seem to have been something that you should have been doing all along, quite frankly. And by the way, to your credit, the uh, the, the your when you ran Senate District sixty five's uh, Republican Party, I think it was about the last time they actually put some significant number of actual candidates on the on the street, and so there was there's that to say for it. So that was uh, that was a major kudos there. So, what in your opinion? Uh, Joe, the the nationwide. Let's start with uh, from the general, uh, from the at the general level here, nationwide. The from your perspective as a data analytics person, what was the biggest story of this past election nationwide? You know, this is going to sound crazy, but the biggest story is the polling did a reasonable job. Um, if you look into it, there are definitely variances. I mean, you've got kind of a Dem bias in the Midwest and Western states, with Nevada being a key exception. Uh, Harry Reid's machine over there has been has proven to be quite enduring. Um, but then you've got maybe a little bit of a GOP bias in the Sun Belt. So, but compared to 16 and 14, particularly 16, um, you know, polling did a pretty good job, especially in House races. I noticed that the uh, I, I've I've spent years picking on the Star Tribune Minnesota poll, and with good reason. I mean, the the polling was was fairly ludicrous. And if you accept the idea that that a poll, uh, any kind of a poll, except for election night, is basically a, a, a measurement measurement of a limited number of voters based on. Uh, and, and projecting the results you get from measuring small categories of people and projecting that onto the larger electorate using some uh, special sauce hocus pocus formula that is known only to the pollsters, which may or may not give you a, a snapshot that uh, trends out well in reality. I've noticed that in particular, the most influential poll in Minnesota, the Minnesota poll, has tended to get to, to come up with results that are a little less ludicrously off uh, the, the beam than it used to be. Is it because people are getting better at polling? People are responding to the criticism of the polls? Uh, how, how, is it, uh, how is it that polls have, have improved in recent years, Joe, uh, Joe Schultz? Now, truthfully, I don't know if technique so much as disclosure and transparency have really gone up. So a lot of times they will actually reveal what their turnout model is. And really when you look at polling, the thing that really screws them up is when you get turnout wrong. Um, and a lot of times what pollsters have done this time is they'll have like a medium, high, and low turnout result, and they'll report all three. You have to kind of pick which one you want to look at. 
And, I mean, looking at early voting, you really had the sense uh, there was going to be a high turnout year, and it, it really was a high turnout year. Uh, and those ended up being really, really close. Um, so, I mean, in terms of, like, how to kind of look at these things, especially in Minnesota, I mean, you can kind of expect a little bit of a down bias, but not much. I mean, we had 18 races. We were 20 races, but two of them were Attorney Jones didn't have a lot of polling. 18 races that we were looking at, and we had maybe a dem bias of plus two on average for most of them. It wasn't a ton. Um, and it's a lot, a lot better than it was in 16 when we had to do a considerably stronger adjustment. And, of course, considerably better than uh, 2010 when the final polls before the election were off by, I think the Star Tribune was off by nine points uh, from the final results, and the Humphrey Institute poll was off by what, 16, 18 points. And so far off that I, I don't know if that's what led to the demise of the Humphrey Institute polling, but uh, it certainly deserved to. It was, it was a ludicrous uh, set of results. So I, I, say, I will say, Mitch, the public polling tends to be considerably worse than private polling. Yep. So, I mean, a lot of the public polls, you will see you know, some of the partisan attempts to kind of push narrative pop in there. And for that reason, you have to be a little suspicious, especially toward the end. We saw a lot of kind of partisan polls pop up, especially in places that didn't have a lot of polling. Yeah. And they tended to move, you know, those RCP or 538 hours or whatever modeling sort you were looking at. But internal polling, much closer, much tighter. Here's a question. I heard a fascinating article on uh, one of the New York Times' uh, podcast. Actually, it's a show they syndicate through public radio just before the election uh, by the guy who, who writes about polling for the New York Times. And he, he said one of the things that people get wrong is that they, they assume that polling is intended to predict reality, is intended to map reality, is intended to give you a a, a, a clear picture of in and of itself to, to to map to reality and that people who work in the polling industry themselves don't see it that way it's a little more oblique than that from your perspective what is the proper perspective uh, to for people the, the news consumer to look at polling when they see it joe schultz yeah, I mean, that, I think that's really very true. I mean, for on Scripps' part, we have a model, a modeling platform we run, and the whole point is to figure out where, how best optimized spend. Now, does it really matter what the poll position is to do that? Not really. What we need to know is how to have a more of an impact on voters. And for that, all we need to know, know is traje- uh, trajectory and trend. It's the same thing with general pollsters. Uh, they're really trying to figure out what issues matter to voters, what is the best approach a campaign can take, uh, to converting the most voters, whether that be taking them from the middle, you know, from moderates, or from getting uh, their, their base to show up for turnout voting. Um, if you're looking at a poll that's coming out publicly, you have to kind of keep that in mind. Realize that there may not be a ton of effort to calibrate it to getting exactly on the dot. Um, and really dig into that methodology section, because their turnout assumptions have a huge impact on where they are. But the thing is, turnout really doesn't have that much of a difference. It doesn't mean all that much in terms of how to convert voters. Now, that's that's a part of it, of course, the the, the way they model between adults uh, likely vo- uh, and likely voters, uh, different grades of likelihood of, uh, by, uh, under which people will turn out, become part of the turnout numbers. That, that's been a fairly dispositive variant in the past here. Is that still uh, a key issue here, or is, is predicting turnout gotten to be more difficult over the years? Um, I don't know if turnout is more difficult so much as it's still really difficult. Right. Um, we've never been very good at it uh, in this industry. 
Uh, and even this cycle, we had the situation where we were seeing some early turnout numbers from the few states that report early turnout with demographic splits, where we had huge shifts uh, from what we would have expected in 14, especially with early voting and early voters. Um, and, we, you know, early voting is usually not all that predictive of what happens in the general voting population. However, this time it mattered. Uh, this time, we were seeing huge spikes, and it ended up being that this electorate, the 18 electorate, was much closer than six, to the 16 electorate than it was to the 14 electorate, maybe 80% of the way there. So, I mean, that really went to explaining a lot of the results we were seeing, especially in the suburban areas around major cities across the country. 651-289-4488 if you have questions or comments for Joseph Schultz from Scripps. Uh, Pauling Geek uh, d- digs into this stuff a lot deeper than I could possibly manage. Uh, let's let's talk briefly about the national election again before we turn to some uh, more local stuff. Uh, so in your opinion, from what you've seen in researching uh, the electorate this past uh, couple of months here, uh, Joe, what was the big issue? I mean, depending on which side you look at, the, the uh, people were predicting the Kavanaugh issue was going to drive a lot of turnout uh, on both sides, left and right. Uh, where, uh, what, was that as big of a deal as, as was predicted? And if not, what was? What did actually turn people out this time? I mean, I would say Kavanaugh, if the election had been two or three weeks earlier, would have been a big deal. Such as, such, as what, such as it is, when the Kavanaugh election, you probably saw maybe a five to seven point bump for the GOP overall in the aftermath of the Kavanaugh um, confirmation. And that's really borne out by internal polling. Um, but in terms of what really, you know, was pushing it, it's really this tribalism factor where people kind of went to their camps and they pushed for getting the turnout of their base. And that's really what this election was about. Um, you didn't see a ton of conversion messaging you saw a lot of messaging on health care from the Dems. Over half of their ads were focused on health care, and I think that definitely helped a little bit, especially with their base, and for demotivating Republicans, where you have Republicans failing to pass um, the Affordable Care Act overturn a while back. Uh, I think Aiden Lewis mentioned this recently. So, yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff like that going on. Well, let's talk more about the tribalism when we come back. Uh, we're talking with Joseph Schultz from Scripps, uh, the poll, a poll guy, the guy who digs into this stuff for the fun of it. Uh, go figure. If you have questions or comments for Joe, give us a call, 651-289-4488. We're talking tribalism and much more when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Do you long for something better? Family Innovations wants you to know that you can have a better marriage, better relationships, a better view of yourself and the world around you. Family Innovations was created to provide counseling with healing and freedom for everyone who comes to them. Whether you are seeking guidance through a difficult season or freedom from a past trauma, they are the beginning of something better. There is a location near you, so contact FamilyInnovations.com. FamilyInnovations.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? 
I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. I need morehair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at I need morehair.com. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for a rewards card you can't seem to find. At AM 1280 The Patriot, we've simplified the process. All of the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Freedom Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. 651-289-4488. If you have any questions for our guest, Joseph Schultz. So, Joe, immediately before the election, I was uh, talking with another friend of mine, uh, actually a mutual friend of ours, I believe, who also does a bit of work in election analytics here at the state level. And we were going through Minnesota, uh, especially our, our uh, the 4th Congressional District, well known to both of us, uh, but statewide as well, uh, on a precinct by precinct level. And we found that the, the, one of the facts that jumps out at you, not just in places like Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, where the, the blue, uh, by, where, which are overwhelmingly blue, where something like over 60% of the voters will always vote Democrat no matter what, even if they nominate a war criminal, uh, they will always vote Democrat. And likewise, you find a few districts out there, a few precincts in, in Minnesota that are almost as equally uh, hardcore Republican in their turnout. But there's not a whole lot in between. I mean, the number of swing voters, it used to bank on being you know, 50, 60 percent of the electorate, uh, perhaps, was was somewhat fluid in their electoral orientation. And now it seems like you have the two parties are arguing over a tiny fraction of, of the electorate as, as the in the traditional sense of swing voting. And everyone has basically settled in with their sides, and they're never going to change. Uh, what does the polling tell us about the nature of uh, what they call tribalism these days, or at least the, the 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 firmness of the partisan divide in this country today? I mean, the short version is it shows it's getting considerably more staunch and considerably more divided. 
One of the big things that really happened last time when you're looking at white college versus not college educated, and this was really kind of the big, big break, like white non-college educated shifted toward Republicans by about eight points. White college educated drifted toward Democrats by over 20. So you've got about a 30 point swing from 16 among white voters breaking along educational lines. So, I mean, and this was the thing that has been happening before, not new, but the the acceleration is surprising and quite large. You also see it with age groups. So, I mean, people under 44 swung for the Dems pretty heavily. People over 65 swung slightly for Republicans. Uh, really, all ethnic groups swung toward the Democrats uh, in 18, although there are plenty of little little pockets of Republican support within, especially Hispanic with the Cuban population in Florida, and also a number of um, Asian populations spread out across the United States. So let's talk about, I mean, the big story, I think, in Minnesota, especially in, in the issues that I track the most closely, uh, is the amount of money the Democrats poured into this election. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Michael Bloomberg poured millions and millions, multiple millions of dollars directly and indirectly just into the second CD race alone. And the, the spend by uh, groups like Every Town, and of course, as usual, the Alliance for a Better Minnesota, which is a conduit for liberals with uh, deep pockets to affect races in Minnesota, was, well, had to have been into eight figures altogether. It was an incredibly expensive race. The, the money spent was out of control. It's happy hunting time for consultants around here. Uh, what's the, what's the, uh, what difference do you think money made? And more importantly, what difference does the polling show money made? Uh, you know, a lot less than you think. It, it is important to raise money, uh, and Democrats definitely outraised Republicans like two to one, three to one, depending. Right. Um, but, but arguably, I think Republicans spent the money more effectively across the country. And really, you know, all of that additional cash might have netted Democrats another five or ten seats in the House. So I don't think it's something that would have swung control, but it would have made the majority for Democrats a little slimmer. I don't know if it mattered for any of the Senate races. You know, maybe in Arizona, although McSally didn't go up on Hispanic uh, stations, so that might have been, you know, the reason she ended up failing over there. Um. It matters. It, it didn't change the balance of power this time. It didn't. Yet, on the other hand, and this was a, a, discussion, a discussion I had a few weeks before the election with Dr. John Lott, uh, the, the extent and the commitment to which Democrat, uh, big Democrat donors are donating and, and pushing money into races based on what we could fairly call extremist ideology. Uh, the, the long-term commitment is, is the part that's got me concerned. Uh, in a short term, it may not have swung the race, but the constant uh, barrage of being outnumbered two or three to one in terms of uh, big money donations, do you see that? Is there any evidence uh, of the effect that has over time, or is that, in fact, just a mirage and, it's, and it really does even out over time? No, it matters, um, particularly with, especially if we're coming up here on census redistricting and redrawing. Yeah. I think um, I think there's something like 250 or 300 state legislative seats that swung this time. It's nothing like the bloodbath uh, back with the hot, huge red wave while a couple cycles ago. Right. But it's going to matter, you know, because a lot of those are, you know, four-year terms and they'll stay or they'll be really instrumental for 20 when, the, you know, it's the last round to kind of see. Democrats took, I believe, seven governorships. Republicans picked up one independent governorship in Alaska, so plus six Dem um, governorships, which I think is a big deal. Yeah. 
The real thing I think Democrats do a lot better than Republicans is the big donors and even the little donors, they will push their donations toward the competitive races. Right. So if you were to look at in-state, out-of-state fundraising, Republican versus Democrat in these competitive House and Senate and governorship races, you would see a lot more out-of-state for the Dems. And that, that has had a fairly significant impact, and I think that's probably also worth a few seats. Uh, we're talking with uh, Joe Schultz, uh, pundit, <laughs> polling uh, guru extraordinaire. Uh, we got about a minute to go here, Joe. Uh, the big question I have here, what, uh, seeing what you saw for turnout in this last election, what does this mean for 2020? How, what, what, uh, what, what's your outlook? How does this affect the, uh, the, the, uh, the art and craft of predicting 2020? You know, the big message I took out of 18, and I hate to have to say this, but the big message for me is tribalism trumps ethics. Yeah. And I would expect I would expect a lot more focus on pushing turnout voters. I would expect very few persuasion voters to be around. It used to be maybe one in three available voters were persuasion. I think it's more like one in six in 18. Yeah. And I think it might be lower when we get to 20. Looking at some of the precinct-wide numbers statewide, I, I would be hard-pressed to disagree with you. Joe, uh, we're up against the top of the hour here. We'll have to do this again as we get closer to another election. It's just fascinating stuff. And we have when we have a new election to uh, to talk about here, I'd love to uh, take some of your time and dig into that just a little bit, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, Mitch. Love being on. Likewise. Uh, we'll have our people call your people. Uh, Joe Schultz, uh, one-time Minnesota political operative, now operating on a nationwide level in, in the big league. I, I feel like someone who played little uh, little league ball against Joe Maurer back in the day. Anyway, uh, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join us. And I hope you will. You can also join us on Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. When we come back, Abdi Muhammad joins us. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. On my knees. I'm all that I ever was able to see. The fire in the air, glowing red, selecting the smoke on the breeze. Bring home big bucks with hunting boots from Chet's Shoes. No matter the weather or terrain in your neck of the woods this deer hunting season, Chet's has a boot for you. We work hard to make sure you're comfortable on your feet so you can focus on the deer, not how wet or cramped you are. Don't settle for seeking out your boots in a big box store. Step into Chet's where you'll find personalized one-on-one customer service. Our Red Wing stores feature one of the largest selections of Irish setter hunting boots. Visit us today. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. I'm Jan Mark Hill, helping you understand the times. How much of Jesus do you want? Do you only want one denomination of Jesus? Jump in, get it all. There's a pervasive idea today that we need to work on unity among Christians at all costs. Even the Pope got into this thinking recently, extending an invitation to some high-profile evangelicals to come to the Vatican. The idea says that if Christians would all put aside their differences and come together in unity, Christ would be better served. The problem with unity without limits would mean we would associate with those who do not even believe in the divinity of Christ or with those who dismiss the moral teachings of the Bible. This unity would not represent Christ. It would represent a movement of agreement and compromise. Aligning with the wrong people would deliver a watered-down false message of hope. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. Life is all about choices. Cars, shoes, appliances, pretty much everything you buy. 
And when it comes to life insurance, SelectQuote offers you a choice of your best prices from up to 10 life insurance companies and over 100 different policies. So you not only get the perfect life insurance for your needs, you'll probably save hundreds of dollars in the bargain. Kevin is 39. He controls his blood pressure with meds, but is in good health. SelectQuote got him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $28 a month. SelectQuote, it's all about choices. To see how affordable life insurance can be for you, go to SelectQuote.com or call 1-800-885-7755. That's 1-800-885-7755. 1-800-885-7755. Over a million people know, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Copays, codes, coupons. Searching for savings on prescriptions is so complex, it's like you need a doctorate degree. Fortunately, CVS Pharmacy employs thousands who have one, our pharmacists. Plus, we built a proprietary search tool to help them find you savings on prescriptions. You don't need to know all of that complicated stuff. You just need to know someone who does. Your friendly doctor of pharmacy at your local CVS. Savings vary. Not all patients eligible for savings. Ask pharmacist for details. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky's. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.